0: You're listening to The Corbett Report. report CorbettReport.com. You're being watched. The government has a secret system, a machine that spies on you every hour of every day. I know because I built it. I designed the machine to detect acts of terror, but it sees everything violent crimes involving ordinary people, people like you, crimes the government considered irrelevant. They wouldn't act, so I decided I would. But I needed a partner, someone with the skills to intervene, hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you.
1: All right, friends, welcome to the broadcast. Welcome to Corbett Report Radio. The government is watching you. It has a computer system that is spying on you and keeping tabs on you all hours of the day. Well, interesting indeed. Well, that comes from Person of Interest. Person of Interest is a series on CBS that uh, I can be proud to say I've never seen and have never watched a single second of it because, uh, well, I don't watch much TV, if any at all. The only TV that I watch is on YouTube and on the internet. So it's, uh, it's really neither here nor there for me. But for those of you who are tuned into that matrix, maybe you'll be familiar with that series. For those who aren't, isn't it also oh appropriate that it's being hosted on CBS with the all-seeing eye in the corner of the screen? But yes, the government is keeping tabs on you at all hours of the day, and it's almost as if the producers of series like Person of Interest almost know what's going on. It's almost like predictive programming that's steeping you and indoctrinating you to just accept the police state spy grid that is looking at everything you're doing and using that technology to spy on what you're doing and predict what you're going to do next which is the premise of Person of Interest. Well, tonight on Corbett Report Radio, we are going to be delving into, well, more on the subject that we were covering last week on the program regarding Trapwire when we were talking to Andrew Blake about the recently exposed program of all-seeing, all-knowing, pervasive government surveillance that's more accurate than facial recognition software. We're going to be following that up by taking a look at 20 more ways you are being spied on. And for those of you in the crowd who are listeners to the Corporate Report podcast, you might recognize today's radio episode as an update and an addendum to episode 176 of my podcast, 30 Ways You Are Being Spied On. So I'll include the link to that podcast episode, as well as all of the things we covered today, all 20 uh, ways that we are being spied on in the show notes for today's episode at CorbettReport.com slash radio. And there's a lot of information to cover, so let's get straight into it. Let's roll up our sleeves and start documenting the, the surveillance spy grid that is all around us. And let's start with story number one. From RT.com, 28th of August, 2012. Air Force wants to be able to hack everything. The U.S. Air Force is spending $10 million on an effort to hack into opponents' computer networks to destroy, deny, degrade, disrupt, deceive, corrupt, or usurp their ability to use the Internet to their advantage. The ability to hack into networks is part of a list of the military's cyberspace warfare operations capabilities that it wishes to acquire, reports Wired. Instead of giving the ability to conduct cyber strikes solely to the White House, the Air Force wants its Trojans and Worms to be available to its own officials, including top personnel and operational commanders. But don't worry, I'm sure the Air Force is only using it in your best interests. And story number two. The Apple iPhone leaves a data trail of mass proportions, question mark? Bad news for iPhone owners who are concerned about their privacy. A recent report from the Chicago Sun-Times suggests that the iPhone is a popular handset amongst investigators, as the device reportedly compiles a treasure trove of information about its owners and coughs it up with relative ease. This report goes on to talk about the screenshots, the GPS coordinates, the keystrokes that it logs on you. The iPhone is a tracking device, so if you have your slave device in your pocket, you might want to consider getting rid of it. On that note, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. 21 more ways you are being spied on. Well, security at home now and questions about whether the CIA could spy on people through their refrigerators. There's, there's, I know, there's this report out from Wired
0: Magazine's national security blog that says the CIA director David Petraeus recently spoke about smart technology in our homes. Technology that connects a television or an oven to the internet. It's all supposed to make our lives easier, but Director Petraeus says spies could use
1: that technology to keep an eye on people without their knowledge. All right friends again welcome back to Corbett Report radio here on this Wednesday night edition of the broadcast and tonight we are going over the 20 more ways the government is spying on you. That was number three coming from foxnews.com are you being spied on through your electronics? And yes you did hear uh, you did hear him correctly. Through your fridge and other electronic devices, the CIA wants to be able to spy on you. This should be a concept that is familiar to people who are at least passingly familiar with the smart grid and the way that our electronic devices are being hooked into the Matrix. But if you need a little bit more information on this story, which again is number three in the 20 more ways you are being spied on, uh, you can turn to the Daily Mail, which had an article back in March, The CIA wants to spy on you through your TV agency director says it will transform surveillance. And this uh, article goes on to say that everything from remote controls to clock radios can now be controlled via apps. And chip company ARM recently unveiled low-powered, cheaper chips, which will be used in everything from fridges and ovens to doorbells. The resultant chorus of connected gadgets will be able to read like a book. And even remote-controlled, according to CIA director David Petraeus, According to a recent report by Wired's Danger Room blog, Patria says that web-connected gadgets will transform the art of spying, allowing spies to monitor people automatically without planting bugs, breaking and entering, or even donning a tuxedo to infiltrate a dinner party. A witty, sly reference, of course, to the James Bond image of the alphabet soup agencies that a lot of us have from our Hollywood, or in this case, uh, London-wood, indoctrination as uh, children, that, oh, it's uh, spying is all about being a suave, debonair, tuxedo-wearing James Bond with martinis, shaken, not stirred, when in fact it's really just a, a bunch of thugs who are watching everything you do and finding new ways to spy on what you're doing through even listening to your fridge, your doorbell, your... Your electronic devices, which are all gradually being hooked into the smart grid and coming online. And, of course, that means backdoor spying. And that's exactly what the CIA is lusting after, my friends. So a very important story to keep your eye on as, unfortunately, we get further and further into this matrix. Let's move on to another disturbing story. For those keeping track at home, this is story number four in the 20 more ways you are being spied on. How much money does your cell phone company make from selling your data to police? Very good question. This one being posited by Slate.com, a.k.a. Wapolite, on Thursday, July nineteenth, 2012. Quote, The nation's wireless carriers spend a surprising amount of time and energy sharing their customers' private data with police and the FBI. As we noted earlier this month, Those companies fielded upwards of 1.3 million such requests in 2011 alone, dedicating hundreds of full-time employees to telling authorities what their customers were up to. And when asked by U.S. Representative Ed Marquis to disclose the extent of these surveillance programs, some of the companies said they are so busy handing out their users' data that they don't have time to keep track of how often they do it. How can these companies afford all the time it takes to comply with these requests? The numbers show that wireless companies grant a vast majority of the requests, even when there's no warrant. They can afford it, it seems, because the law enforcement agencies pay them your tax dollars at work. Every wireless company insists that the fees it charges for handing over your information are just enough to cover expenses. But most of them including Sprint, the company that gets by far the most requests for customer data have refused to hand over actual figures. Well, this article goes on to break down some of those actual figures behind the money that these uh, that these uh, corporations are being paid by the government for handing over your data. So guess what, folks? You are paying the government your tax money so that they can pay that tax money to the corporations which you already have contracts with and you are already paying your money to so that they can hand your data over to the government. What a beautiful system this is for the corporations and the government oh, oh, everyone else? Well, you know, too bad for you. You're paying for your own spy agency enslavement. But, uh, you know, just go back to sleep, have another cheeseburger and a beer. I'm sure it'll all be over soon. This is the type of absolutely ridiculous matter that we're dealing with when we start peeling back the layers of this police state grid. And it does come to just such a ridiculous state of affairs that one is tempted to laugh at it because it is so ridiculous. But of course, that would downplay the gravity of the situation and what's really going on. And the fact that your data is being literally purchased by the U.S. government and the governments of other countries around the world, let's not be naive about this, to the extent that there are companies like Microsoft and others that actually have guides with prices price lists for how much each uh, bit of data will cost and exactly what type of data the government can order from this menu. And uh, Microsoft's menu, as it were, was uh, leaked online by Cryptome.org a few years ago. And you might remember uh, Microsoft got uh, its uh, feathers in a flap about that and actually brought Cryptome down. They they got it taken down for a week or two before John Young of Cryptome.org managed to get it back up, claiming that uh, the Microsoft... uh, Uh, compliance guide for the the authorities that ask for their uh, user data was proprietary. It was copyrighted. Therefore, Cryptome was breaking their copyright, and they had to bring Cryptome.org down. A ridiculous story, but again, it just goes to show how much the companies don't want you thinking about you literally paying the government with your taxes so that the government can pay the companies to hand over your data. And if you want some idea of the, some of the numbers involved, it goes on to say in this report that uh, U.S. Cellular, which is a minnow in the market, uh, complied with 18,079 requests in 2011 to hand over its data to the U.S. government, and it received $460,000 in compensation. And AT&T revealed that it took Eight point two million dollars on a total of one hundred eighty-one thousand one hundred requests, and it complied with those requests for data from the government ninety-nine percent of the time. So, yet again, when you hand over your money to one of these corporations, you are paying them to uh, to do whatever they they want with your data, including spying on you. Um, and giving that data to the government. So keep that in mind when next time you sign a contract with your uh, cellular provider or your internet provider or whoever it may be, that you are willingly cooperating with one of these companies if they do comply with those government requests instead of putting up a fight. Let's move on to a story. I believe this is story number five now. Uh, City to be watched by permanent eye in the sky. This coming from Infowars, August 27th, 2012 the Californian city of Lancaster will be the first to experience a new era in law enforcement surveillance, with residents set to be watched by a permanent eye in the sky, which will beam constant video footage back to police headquarters, including crimes in progress, as well as scenes of mundane day-to-day life. A Cessna plane fitted with sophisticated video surveillance technology will fly loops around the city and send footage directly back to a Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department dispatch center. Officials plan to add a second aircraft to the arsenal at a later date. So, once again, the uh, spy in the sky, the eye in the... the the spying eye in the sky of the uh, the loving police state takes to the airs in Lancaster and this is really just one of the programs that have been announced but i think we'd be a little foolhardy to believe that there are not such other such programs already at work in various municipalities across the united states and again around the globe as unfortunately more and more police agencies take it upon themselves to police the skies or at least police the ground from the skies uh, using all sorts of technology, which uh, is getting more sophisticated by the day. So for more on that, let's turn to story number six in our 20 more ways you are being spied on. This one coming from GSN, Government Security News. That's a uh, periodical that might be worthy for a future installment of uh, Listening to the Enemy, one of my recurring podcast episodes on looking at some of the enemy propaganda and things that are going on uh, that they're openly admitting in plain sight for those who are actually reading their periodicals. But taking our cue from Government Security News, DHS looking for vendors to perform remote sensing airborne photography. DHS is planning to spend up to $50 million to hire as many as four contractors to provide aerial remote sensing services that will include taking photos from airborne sensors of Homeland Security missions and emergency incidents, processing those images and disseminating them throughout the department. The chosen vendors will be asked to collect aerial imagery using digital cameras in what are known as vertical, or oblique renditions to support emergency and non-emergency incidents nationwide. And the best part, wait for it. DHS believes these airborne images are essential for homeland defense missions, such as planning for national special security events, Super Bowls, or a national political convention comes to mind enhancing border, port, and airport security, as well as performing critical infrastructures, inventories, and assessments. Oh, it's always for the most laudable and reasonable of reasons that they'll they'll tell you why they are going to such lengths to invest $50 million in new aerial remote sensing technologies that they want to equip on these uh, various spy planes and drones that they are already admittedly using to spy on your every move. And unfortunately, as the technology increases and becomes more sophisticated, so do the capabilities of this police state apparatus, which once again is being funded with your taxpayer dollars. You pay money to the government, and they use that money to buy technology to spy right back on you. Oh, what a wonderful virtuous circle it is. All right, friends, we are uh, buckled in. We're uh, up to number six already on the 20 more ways you were being spied on. 14 left to go, so let's take a short breather. We'll be right back with more after these messages. Welcome back to the program, friends. Welcome back. You are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. And I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you from the sunny climes of western Japan. Tonight we are outlining the 20 more ways you are being spied on as a follow-up to episode 176 of my podcast, 30 Ways You Are Being Spied On. And I hope you will go back and check that one out from the archives if you haven't done so already because it does have uh, a ton of information about all sorts of crazy technology that is being used to spy on you from mobile x-ray vans to portable watchtowers and all of the other crazy apparatus of the police state that is truly Going out of control and going out of control in a way that the government itself doesn't even necessarily control. It's it's hard to put your finger on this, but it seems that the technology is leapfrogging over certain elements, even within the uh, the alphabet soup agencies and the intelligence agencies, etc., if the propaganda is to be believed. And perhaps there are different strata and levels of and compartments within these agencies so that we can't say, for example, what NATO as a whole or the NSA as a whole or the CIA as a whole is like. I think we can only talk about certain la- layers and strata of each of those agencies and and uh, and organizations. But here's an interesting example of what I'm talking about. This is story number seven in the 20 more ways you are being spied on. Fake book bogus NATO chief spies on his top-level friends. This comes from RT.com from the 11th of March, 2012. Quote, NATO commander James Stavridis has fallen victim to spies who created a fake profile on his behalf on Facebook and sent numerous friend requests to UK military chiefs. UK media suspect reams. Oh, sorry. There's a loud doorbell. UK media suspect reams of acquired personal data have flown to China. The sham account for NATO's supreme allied commander James Stavridis is understood to have gathered a distinguished company of British high-level military officers and Ministry of Defence officials. While one might not look, one might not go looking for sensitive information on a social network like Facebook. The site can certainly give clues to passwords for classified files, as it stores dates of birth, phone numbers, and hobbies. It could also help build blackmail or espionage profiles by disclosing names, family numbers, and friends and tracking locations. So this is a bizarre story, isn't it? You have a fake profile being created for the NATO commander, James Stavridis, which is being used to send friend requests to UK military chiefs, and they are accepting them. And uh getting into the Facebook accounts of various military chiefs, etc, obviously not a lot of uh, very sensitive information would be kept on Facebook, but as it says, enough information to perhaps crack a password or two as people are not so uh, so clever at picking passwords and and some of the hints and things that various uh, programs give you will often revolve around birthdays and and r- things that are just pr- publicly available information so A very interesting little story, and it goes to show that uh, even NATO and and things like this can uh, fall victim to the technology which creates the possibility for this type of spying, which has never existed before. A very bizarre situation. Well, let's move on to number eight. FBI's facial recognition is coming to a state near you. This from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF.org, and this is coming from August 2nd of this year. Quote, recently released documents show that the FBI has been working since late 2011 with four states, Michigan, Hawaii, Maryland, and possibly Oregon, to ramp up the Next Generation Identification Facial Recognition Program, the NGI program. When the program is fully deployed in 2014, the FBI expects its facial recognition database will contain at least 12 million searchable frontal photos. The documents which the National Late Day Labor Organization, Organizing Network, that's a mouthful and a half, the NDLON, obtained from a recent meeting of the FBI's Criminal Justice Invest Information Services Advisory Policy Board, shed new light on the FBI's plans for NGI, the Bureau's massive biometrics database that combines fingerprints, iris scans, palm prints, facial recognition, and extensive biographical data collected from over 100 million Americans. Oh, that's right, friends. 100 million Americans are in this searchable FBI biometric database that has... Well, all of these different elements of your facial profile, your iris scans, your palm prints, whatever they can get on you, and you can get guarantee that not 100 million felons or 100 million convicted criminals are in this database, that would be one thing in and of itself, but 100 million Americans, not all of them guilty of any crime. So this is just another example of how, uh, well, law enforcement, so-called, is more than that. It is a treasure trove of information on everyone that they can snarf up data on. And if they can get you into their system, they will. And now with the biometric ID cards and the biometric passports and all of these other police state technologies in sheep's clothing that they're coming out with on a daily basis, well, now they have various different ways of getting you into uh, government databases. So something to think about at any rate. Let's move on to story number nine. This is a bizarre one, the Nokia Mobile Data Challenge. Do you have an interest in analyzing big data collected in real life mobile context? Nokia Research Center Lausanne and its academic Swiss partners have recently completed a data collection campaign in the Lake Geneva region. Data from smartphones of almost 200 participants were collected in the course of one pl- over one year. The Mobile Data Challenge releases the Lausanne data for the research community. And it goes on to basically try to re- recruit people for this research project. Oh, get your hands on this smartphone data and see what you can dig up from what these people are doing and where they're going. What kinds of data analysis you can do on it. It's also sexy for the researchers out there. All right, let's take another short break. We'll be back with the rest of the 20 more ways you're being spied on.
0: Our second story, James, comes from Threat Level. Court grants feds wireless access to utility records. Utilities must hand over customer records, which include credit card numbers, phone numbers, power consumption data, To the authorities, without court warrants, if drug agents believe they are relevant to an investigation, a federal appeals court said. The Comprehensive Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act of 1970 allows the authorities to make demands for that data in the form of an administrative subpoena with no judicial oversight. In this instance, the Drug Enforcement Administration sought the records of three Golden Valley Electric Association customers in Fairbanks, Alaska, suspected of growing marijuana indoors. The information subpoenaed does not need to be relevant to a crime. In fact, it may be used to dissipate any suspicion of a crime, Judge William Fletcher wrote for the unanimous three-panel of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. The information subpoenaed need only be relevant to an agency investigation. Energy consumption records can be relevant to an investigation into a suspected drug crime. James, jumping down, we'll just cut to the chase and note that the appeals court disagreed with all the utilities' arguments. And basically, fortunately, the utility companies actually did try to fight this. They didn't immediately just roll over and hand over all the info. But the appeals court disagreed with all of the utilities' arguments, saying that the case was easily decided, James.
1: Wait, James, what's that sound? Oh, oh, that's the sound of the Fourth Amendment being flushed down the toilet. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Absolutely. Fourth Amendment? What's that? Well, it's certainly not in effect in this day and age in the United States of America with a K. And that comes from a, an episode of New World Next Week that aired earlier in August. Coney Droney utility searches cop blocked. Of course, that's up on YouTube, on blip.tv, on newworldnextweek.com, on corbettreport.com. There's links from mediamonarchy.com. It's uh, it's everywhere online. So if you uh, don't know about New World Next Week, I hope you uh, will tune in. And uh, probably the easiest and best way to do that is just to stay tuned to corbettreport.com, where it's released every Thursday. And there's a a story that we were covering about uh, utility searches, basically uh, the data from utility companies being searched by uh, government authorities uh, without need of a warrant. Warrant? What's that? Who needs that? We don't need any permission. Badge? We don't need no stinking badge. Well, let's go on. So let's continue documenting the 20 more ways you are being spied on here on Corbett Report Radio. And that was number 10. So we're up to number 11. This one from UPI.com. Occupy Buffalo asks about surveillance. Quote, Members of the Occupy protest movement in Buffalo, New York, say they have sued in federal court to learn the extent of government surveillance of their group. The Department of Homeland Security was created after 9-11 for the sake of national security, and just over a decade later, we can see it's monitoring ordinary United States citizens, said Nichols Stewart, an Occupy Buffalo volunteer and then it goes on in this article to say that uh, one of the, uh, the the FBI doesn't have a right to open an investigation when folks simply choose to speak out according to Michael Kuzma a lawyer for the group and it notes that uh, apparently the FBI uh, some documents have already come out that the FBI has been spying on Occupy Buffalo and it goes on to say one of the documents already released through the Freedom of Information Act is a Homeland Security report on a peaceful protest on the Rainbow Bridge connecting ni- nearby Niagara Falls, New York to Niagara Falls, Ontario on January 1st, the newspaper said. So this is talking about something very specific to Occupy Buffalo, but it is applicable to a lot of different groups that have been spied on by the government over the years with infiltrators and government agents going into Keep an eye on, keep tabs on the various movements that are going on. So, we saw, for example, at the uh, the Occupy uh, uh, Occupy the Federal Reserve protests that were happening. There were indications that there was uh, spying going on of those groups. Um, At various uh, end-of-fed protests back in 2008, the uh, the army documents were uh, leaked out showing that the National Guard was actually spying on those movements. So this is not something that's limited to the Occupy movement by any means, and it's just another example of how the government is using any and every chance, excuse, and opportunity to use your taxpayer money to pay people to spy on you. Uh, Moving right along on that very note, let's take a look at uh, DCMilitary.com. Actually, this comes from CapFlyer.com, but the headline, the banner says DCMilitary.com. Don't ask me. Um, It's uh, under the headline, Protecting Our Ranks by Keeping Our Eyes on the Lookout. Quote, one way folks can participate in keeping Joint Base Meyer Henderson Hall safe is by reporting to iWatch, an Army-wide program ...that allows reporting of suspicious activities. As an add-on to this program, the Army is test-piloting a program called TrapWire... ...on Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall and Fort Meade. The iWatch reporting program feeds into TrapWire, an analytical tool used by law enforcement... ...to connect suspicious activity reports in order to identify patterns or potential threats." We'll leave it there. It's an interesting article, and it, this is one of those articles that has surfaced in the wake of the breaking of the Trapwire story over the past month. And uh, for those of you who haven't been keeping an eye on Trapwire, there will be a reminder coming up in just a few stories from now. But, uh, but suffice it to say, yes, Trapwire has been and is being completely interwoven into the, uh, the security grid in all sorts of different ways, including with the DoD, and uh, keeping bases, Fort Meade and others, safe by uh, tying it all into this Trapwire surveillance, which is more accurate than facial recognition software, according to the company that administers Trapwire. So an interesting little piece of the puzzle there. Moving right along, let's take a look at something a little bit scary. Hey, you printed out a document today and you passed it on to someone? Well, guess what? They can tell all sorts of things about your computer from that document. How so? Let's turn to The Register, the register.co.uk, from back in February of 2008. Secret printer ID codes may breach EU privacy laws. Quote, A little-noticed system that allows printed documents to be tracked by government agents has gotten the attention of the EU Commissioner for Justice, Freedom, and Security, who says the technology may violate EU human rights guarantees. The technology is backed in." is baked into many popular color laser printers and photocopiers, including those made by Brother, Canon, Xerox, and HP. According to this list, and there's a link, compiled by the Electronic Frontier Foundation, it it embeds almost invisible tracking dots onto documents that uniquely identify the machine that printed them. This enables the tracking of currency counterfeiters, But the EFF has been warning for years there's nothing that prevents government spooks from using them for broader types of surveillance. Those concerns have at last found a home with Commissioner Franco Frattini. And it goes on to talk about the EU uh, getting it up in a flap about this and, oh, the breach of the EU Convention of Human Rights, etc., etc. Well, those documents are not worth the paper that they're printed on, and uh, they might be printed on paper that has micro-tracking dots on them, according to this story. So there you go, the, uh, the Abrogation of Natural Human Rights... And uh, we have the fake paradigm of the EU commissioners and others pretending to care so much. But all they'll do is make secret backroom deals with the alphabet soup agencies to make sure that this technology does not get disrupted significantly. And, uh, well, talking about deal, backroom deals with the alphabet soup agencies, where else should we turn but Microsoft, everybody's favorite software company? that uh, bought Skype for $8.5 billion. That's billion with a B a couple of years ago. Why on earth would Microsoft pay $8.5 billion for Skype? Well, some indication of that comes from the Washington Post, which was following the story at the time as it was breaking, and uh, how Skype was something of a problem for the intelligence agencies because they couldn't track it very well until Microsoft bought it over and changed over the, inter- the infrastructure it's running on. And so the uh, Washington Post had this article, Skype makes chats and user data, data more available to police quote, Skype, the online phone service long favored by political dissidents, criminals, and others eager to in- in- communicate beyond the reach of governments. Oh yeah, because no, no legitimate users use Skype, right? I'm not using this right now to do my radio program, or there's not, uh, there's not millions of people using Skype on an everyday basis. No, it's all criminals, according to this Washington Post Sorry. Anyway, has expanded its cooperation with law enforcement authorities to make online chats and other user information available to police, said industry and government officials familiar. With the changes. Surveillance of the audio and video remains impractical, even when courts issue warrants, say industry officials with direct knowledge of the matter. But that barrier could eventually vanish as Skype becomes one of the world's most popular forms of telecommunication. The changes to online chats, which are written messages conveyed almost instantaneously between users, ...result in part from technical upgrades to Skype that were instituted to address outages and other stability issues since Microsoft bought the company last year. Officials of the United States and other countries have long pushed to expand their access to newer forms of communication to resolve an issue that the FBI calls the going-dark problem. So the FBI and others want to uh, cry wolf and say, oh, we can't read your chats on Skype and we can't listen to your calls. So Microsoft buys them out for $8.5 billion. And uh, wow, surprise, surprise, Microsoft changes the infrastructure. So now it's accessible by the uh, alphabet soup agencies. Who would have thunk it? All right, let's move move on. We got to pick up the pace here. We're only on number 16. Coming from RT.com, Stratfor emails reveal secret widespread trapwire surveillance system. Quote, former senior intelligence officials have created a detailed surveillance system more accurate than modern facial recognition technology and have installed it across the US under the radar of most Americans according to emails hacked by anonymous well that's how the story opens and of course there's been A lot of ink spilled on this story since then, so I hope you have been keeping up with Trapwire. If you want the overview of what Trapwire is and what we know about it, or at least what we knew about it as of a week or so ago or so, you can listen to my interview with Andrew Blake that we did uh, last week on the program. That's in the archives at corporatereport.com slash radio, so that you can uh, find out more about Trapwire if you haven't been following the story. Moving along... To story number 17, of the 20 more ways you are being spied on, this one from the New York Times. It runs under the headline, Cheney assails press on report on bank data. And it says, quote, Vice President Dick Cheney on Friday vigorously defended a secret program that examines banking records of Americans and others in a vast international database and harshly criticized the news media for disclosing an operation he said was legal and absolutely essential to fighting terrorism. Now, this story is six years old now. It comes from 2006, but I thought it was worthy of highlighting because it talks about, uh, well, at first it documents the types of financial tracking that are going on behind the scenes that more most people would prefer not to know about, I suppose, in their uh, bliss, ignorance is bliss mentality. But it also talks about the SWIFT system, which is the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication SWIFT system, which uh, is part of the way that uh, the U.S. government has been applying sanctions to the Iranian government. So it's interesting to see how SWIFT has been playing ball for years and is really in the back pocket of the U.S. administration, which is using that system to spy on the financial transactions of people around the globe. A pretty phenomenal piece of information, and I really hope people will take a look at that story in more detail. But moving right along, next we have up Uh, from publicintelligence.net. Again, a great site. I hope you guys out there are checking it. It's got tons of leaked documents and information up there on a daily basis. This one from August 13th of 2012. It's U.S. Treasury Office of Intelligence and Analysis Strategic Direction, 2012 to 2015. Quote, intelligence has played an important role in the exercise of the responsibilities and operations of the Treasury Department since the Department assumed its enforcement responsibilities in 1789. The mission and culture of Treasury's Office of Intelligence and Analysis builds on this strong tradition of intelligence and national security at the Department. So this is a document that's uh, that's come out from the Department of uh, the Treasury talking about this office that they've created, the OIA, which is a spy agency within the Department of Treasury. The document itself doesn't have that many juicy details about specifically what they're doing or how they're doing it. So unfortunately, not a lot that you can sink your teeth into. It does give some vague hints that they're sharing financial transaction data with foreign governments and others that can take action on these matters, etc., but it doesn't give a lot in the way of specifics. But at the very least, I'd like to draw your attention to an interesting infographic that's contained in this document that explains the OIA logo, which is the letters OIA, and then... Above it, a blue star, which happens to have in the middle of the circle of the star, is the all-seeing eye in the capstone of the pyramid. And it says the all-seeing eye, or the eye of providence, as depicted on the reverse side of the dollar bill. The symbol is used because of its relation to U.S. currency, symbolizing financial intelligence and following the money. So once again, shoving the all-seeing eye in your face as they're spying on you. You gotta love them when they do stuff like that. Moving right along. Next, we have up from New York Times from earlier this month. Websites accused of collecting data on children. Quote, A coalition of nearly 20 children's advocacy, health, and public interest groups plans to file complaints with the Federal Trade Commission on Wednesday, asserting that some online marketing to children by McDonald's and four other well-known companies violates a federal law protecting children's privacy. I'll let you read the article for yourself, but it's talking about McDonald's, it's talking about General Mills, it's talking about Turner's, Nickelodeon. Some of these children's sites, clearly and specifically aimed at children, are encouraging children to make videos and other promotional materials for their favorite products from these people and send them on to uh, to other people, to, to their friends. And, of course, the site gets to collect the email addresses and the data that connects these people together, which, of course, is completely illegal. So there's a group that's going to file a FTC complaint and uh, take it that route and in order to try to get these sites to stop collecting data on their children. Again, I think this falls into something that I've called the regulation trap, and I hope you'll listen to my podcast episode on the regulation trap to find out about the, I think, the false mentality that we can get trapped into, whereby if there's a problem, then clearly the only solution is to have government there to tell us what to do and to stop those bad people from being bad instead of taking responsibility for your own children and what they're doing online. All right, we're going to hit the last two very quickly here. Number 19, WikiLeaks spy files shed light on the corporate side of government surveillance. Suffice it to say, WikiLeaks leaked some documents about some of the uh, the spy files, the the types of uh, uh, spy gadgets that are being marketed specifically to government agencies by various corporations, including Trojans and other things that, uh, that they're working on to uh, basically spy on everything you're doing online and on your gadgets. Nothing new there. And then the final one that we're going to hit on, number 20, and we'll come back to this after the break as well, MailOnline, dailymail.co.uk, from earlier this uh, year, revealed hundreds of words to avoid using online if you don't want the government spying on you. And they include pork, cloud, and Mexico. That's right, folks, they're spying on your keywords whenever you type an email or do anything online. We have the Department of Homeland Security, which has been forced to release a list of keywords and phrases it uses to monitor social networking sites and online media for signs of terrorist or other threats against the U.S. The intriguing list includes obvious choices such as attack, al Qaeda, terrorism, and dirty bomb, alongside dozens of seemingly innocent words like pork, cloud, team, and Mexico. And if you go through this list, it does include some ridiculous examples of words that they are apparently monitoring for. Cloud, leak, agriculture, symptoms, blackout, dock, bridge, uh, bust. (laughs) I mean, the most innocuous words. So, again, let's take a short break, and we'll come right back to finish up with these stories right after the break. (music) All right, friends, welcome back. Welcome back to the final moments of Corbett Report Radio for this Wednesday night edition as we've been going over the 20 more ways you are being spied on. Once again, every single one of the documents that I've talked about tonight will be linked up in the show notes for CorbettReport.com slash radio so you can go and check it out for yourself. But uh let's just finish on that note of number 20 this uh, hundreds of words to avoid using online if you don't want the government spying on you talking about the DHS list of keywords the watch words that they're looking out for with words like cloud and and bust and and other just ridiculous words power smart body scanner if you use these online supposedly they're they're flagged and the DHS is watching you and of course this system only works if you are afraid of it. If you start censoring yourself and watching what you do online. Oh, I better not use the word cloud or Mexico. Otherwise, DHS will start watching me. Oh, no. It only works if we quiver in our boots and, and shake and, and give in to the fear. But it is not about that. It is about standing up and speaking out for what's right and not being afraid of these these alphabet soup agencies because it is the self-censorship, which is the real loss here. So one example of something we can do instead of quivering in our boots is to do something fun that laughs at them even as we're defying them. And that's exactly what I have lined up for you, an interesting little musical parody of this keyword watch list. So let's listen to the clip.
0: Hey, so recently a couple of blogs published the most searched uh, keywords used by the government
1: to monitor the internet. Kilter Franco picked up the story and issued a challenge to create poetry based on those keywords. Now, one of his interns, Robin the
0: intern, came out with this really awesome poem that we decided to turn into a song. Enjoy! When you post on Twitter about Al-Qaeda
1: Or a nuclear threat in North Korea
0: FBI, the CIA,
1: the ATF, the TSA,
0: the DHS, the DA, will make sure you're okay. If you use a social network just to talk about flu, you can bloody well be sure that they are checking on you. You might be a threat, you might cause a riot, they'll know you bet, so better be quiet for the authorities. We'll call for a state of emergency, and arrest you for insurgency. To let your friends know About that incident last night in San Diego Kill your homegrown tomato It might send in the NATO With a SWAT team and a bomb squad They use words to check the nation Isn't attacked by Pakistani pirates Mexican malware Nuclear Nuclear Nigerians. Nigerians Alliteration
1: That's right, folks. People are doing creative things to, uh, to make fun of this DHS terror watch list, keyword watch list. And I think that's at least one indication of something we can do that is, uh, is, defeats that fear, the paralysis of fear that they want to function on. And they want us to, to be living in that state of fear so that we'll censor ourselves and do their work for them. So tonight's episode is not about getting you to quiver in your boots and, oh no, they're watching everything you do. It's to say, look, we are too far into this system to do anything about it in the, in the game that they have set up for us and to, to, protest about it on the streets what we have to do is to throw it back in their face and say that we do not care if you're watching us if we are going to stand up and speak out for what's right and we will do whatever it takes to to circumvent and to and to undermine these these terror watch lists and all of this ridiculousness but but uh, in the end of the day we will not give in to the fear and picking up on that note I have uh, some solutions and some ideas for getting around at least some of this technological matrix so we'll pick that up on the program tomorrow night I hope hope you'll be there 23 hours from now, same time, same channel. Until then, this is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, thanking you for joining me and asking you to join me again tomorrow night. Until then, thanks for listening and take care.